sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. He's got you covered. The Knicks are a very difficult team for me to put my money on <laughs> right now. We've seen a lot of bad Knicks showing, and of course, uh, Derek Rose not coming back makes it even worse for New York. At no point in his career, not in college in Kansas, not at any point in Philadelphia, has he played with a guy like Harden, who is every bit as ball dominant as he is. On the Sports Grid Radio Network, it's Cover It with Teddy Covers. Welcome to the program. Cover it with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM at channel 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network. Over the course of the next hour, we're going to get extended time with my friend Dave Koken from right here in Las Vegas. Dave Koken, how do I phrase him right? The guy's just good at baseball. I mean, he really is. I'm going to pick Dave's brain when it comes to MLB. And of course, right here, what are we, a week, a week and a half in the end of the season? Uh, there's a lot that's already happened, and there's a lot still to come in MLB action. But I'm going to pick Dave's brain. I'm going to ask him about the best lineups, the worst lineups, the best bullpens, the worst bullpens, top over teams, top under teams, undervalued squads, overvalued squads, biggest mistake recreational betters make, biggest mistakes the pros make. Should be a good, intriguing discussion with Dave Coke. And we'll talk about live betting MLB as well. But before we get into a real breakdown of early season baseball, I want to spend a couple of minutes at the top of the show talking about the NBA. Obviously, the playoffs starting this weekend. And there's a team in action tonight on Sunday night that I think is worthy of a future wager. And you guys know me. You've been following this show. You've been listening to Cover It with Teddy Covers the last couple of years here on Sirius XM, Channel 159. You know then I'm not a guy that makes a lot of future bets. But there's one that absolutely stand out to me right now, and that bet is the Phoenix Suns to win the West. Uh, I got them at plus 125. Uh, plus 110 has been widely available all, uh, uh, all week. And I continue to think that the West is Phoenix and everybody else. Let me start with the Phoenix part of the equation, all right? The Suns are super hungry, all right? If you read any quote that they've had all year, you know, they didn't win the title last year, and every single quote from this team, it reeks of urgency, it reeks of hungry, hunger. Phoenix is really good and super hungry. They're virtually injury-proof. One of the reasons I don't like betting a lot of NBA futures or futures in any sport is that, uh, you know, when it comes to win it all, I love season win totals. That's a future bet <laughs> that uh, I've made money with across multiple sports over many, many years. But when it comes to win it all or to win a conference, look, injuries can derail you. And there's very little way to predict them ahead of time. I mean, you find, oh, this is an injury-riddled team last year. Are they going to be injured this year? You don't know. But the Suns are virtually injury-proof. Okay, CP3 got hurt. What happened? They were fine. This roster goes 12 deep. All right, you got Aiton and Booker <laughs> who have been largely healthy. And they're indispensable. You know, that that duo, if Hayton gets hurt or Booker gets hurt, they're probably not going to win the West. That being said, both guys have been fairly healthy all year, and they have a lot more depth than the average squad. I don't love teams with depth in the postseason. You heard me on uh, yesterday's show talking about uh, a team 
like Memphis, that's been great in the regular season and had a ton of regular season depth, but there's concerns <laughs> about whether that depth matters as much in the postseason. The postseason is about stars. So we like a team with depth and with stars. You understand? Phoenix has the star power. And if somebody gets hurt, I'm not going to say they'll be fine, but they're still live to come out of the West. Uh, all right. And, of course, Monty Williams. We saw the coaches vote him coach of the year. Uh, I wouldn't argue with that. Monty Williams we like. So there's a lot to like about Phoenix. But in my mind, the bigger issue, why we like the Suns to win the West at any plus price you can find, is the competition they're going to face. The West has been the better conference in the NBA for the better part of the last 20 years. Not this year, it ain't. Not even close. You know, let's talk uh, about the other teams that Phoenix has to beat to come out of the West. Well, they're going to have to beat the Memphis Grizzlies. And Memphis is a team that has great depth. A great regular season teams. But this is a team that has no series wins in recent playoff history. Now you're asking for three. That's just not how the NBA works. And when you look at Memphis, you have the superstar in Morant. And then what? Is Desmond Bain going to be the guy? Or Jaron Jackson? Are those two guys capable of stepping up and winning three playoff series, becoming stars? I don't think Memphis gets there. Golden State, hey, you know, uh, Warriors, all these championships. But, boy, you read those quotes coming to the postseason, they know they're not winning a title this year. They know they're not going to the finals this year. They want to win a series. Steph's not right. There's been a 500 team since Christmas. Golden State's not winning the West. Dallas, maybe, if Luke is healthy. But Luka's not healthy, and that makes them underdogs in the first round against the Jazz. It makes them underdogs in game one at home against the Jazz. Um, if Luka's healthy, I think Dallas is the one team that has a chance to give Phoenix a battle. I don't think they can beat them. And Luka's not healthy. Utah, I mean, the Jazz are primed to fall apart and lose in the first round. This team, 15 games this year, the Jazz had a double-digit lead and lost. I worry about that team chemistry every time I see them on the floor. And no lead is safe with Utah. They've blown a ton of them. I don't think the Jazz can beat the Suns in a series. I'm not even convinced they're going to get out of the first round. The Nuggets, they got Joker. And who else? Nobody. Nuggets aren't going to the finals. The T-Wolves, again, same thing like Memphis. They haven't been there. I don't expect this team to win three playoff series. The Suns, for this better, the clear choice to come out of the West. Phoenix is getting there. That's the bet to make when it comes to NBA futures here in the postseason. When we come back, Dave Koken. Stay tuned. Covering the team. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Cover it with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM at Channel 159, the Sports Grid, a radio network. I did this last year. I think it was the second week of the season I brought Dave Koken on to cover it with Teddy Covers. And Dave Koken basically gave me every team I wanted to be betting on, every team I wanted to be betting against in MLB for the next two months. 
Dave, you did me right uh, last April, and I wanted to bring you on again today. Listen, first let me start. I know you're under the weather. The wind's really bad. Everyone with sinus issues and allergies are having all kinds of problems uh, here in Vegas. So I appreciate you coming on when you're a little bit under the weather. Uh, I hope you can bear with us uh, for the next uh, few segments as we break down the world of MLB. But you're a guy that I absolutely wanted to have on the show at the beginning of baseball season to talk about some of the things that you've seen already. So, uh, Dave Koken, at Dave Koken on Twitter, welcome to the program. Always a pleasure, Teddy. Okay, pleasure's all mine. And I'll tell you what, you're damn good at college football. You're incredible at golf, all right? How many golf futures? A big golf futures you hit. Scheffler again last week you hit. Um, you know, you're, <laughs> you're really good at more than one sport. But if you ask me... What opinion in any sport do I really want to hear what Dave thinks? It's got to be baseball. Uh, I mean, not, that's not true because I love your football opinions and I love your golf opinions. But baseball at or near the top of the list. And the consistency is what stands out to me. Year after year, you take the same approach. Um, let me ask just off the top. I know we're talking MLB here, but it's spring ball time in college football. Uh, talked a little spring ball uh, with Brian Edwards on the show yesterday. Have you been paying attention to spring college football yet? Have you done any college football work? Anything stand out to you yet? Or is that still uh, in the future uh, for you, not uh, in the current? Uh, you know, cursory examinations, maybe some early opinions, but um, nothing that I'd actually bet on. Uh, and I, I really just compile information until August, and then I really get serious at that point. I'm not a a big futures guy. I play maybe one or two, and uh, baseball. I'll play a few. That's about it. Uh, on over and under win props. Uh, so I'm usually you know, patience is a virtue for me. I don't. Uh, I don't need to be betting this early. Sure, but you said you had a couple of opinions. Would you share one with us? In college football, I you know I, I it's UNLV. I think they're going to be better this year. Um, now, that's not saying that they're going to suddenly blossom into a contender of the Mountain West Conference, but I think this coach, Royal has them going in the right direction. And um, with the rest of the conference, maybe not great this year. Could be a good season for UNLV. They might actually be a team that flirts with the 500 record. So I think they could be an undervalued team for the first time in, like, forever. And I don't disagree with that at all, Dave. I, I, I liked everything Arroyo did last year. And I thought there was, for a hopeless program, there was a little bit of hope uh, last season. I wouldn't be surprised at all if UNLV makes backers money this year. And, of course, uh, have you seen a, a season win line? I haven't seen college football season win lines at all, uh, season win totals. But you have to think the Rebels will be priced in the, what, three-win you know, three win range. Uh, if they flirt with 500, they'll be uh, uh, money makers. Yeah, and that's, to me, that's where the value is. And if you're going to bet over and under win props in college football, try and find some teams that have been bad that might be in for a good season by their standards. Not, sure. not like they're going to go out there and win eight games, something like that. But uh, if, if you have a low total and a team is better than people think, uh, those, those are teams you can maybe make a little money on betting overs. The flip side of it, of course, is finding overrated teams that might be in for a down season and, and betting the unders. Um, but, again, I, I probably won't do more than two or three once the numbers come out, and uh, that's, that's as much risk as I want. 
Sure, and and really, when it comes to the overrated teams betting unders, but the one thing I always like to look at. Teams that have skill position talent but lost their offensive lines. <laughs> they got a lot of hype, uh, but the protection isn't there, and you often see QBs having disappointing seasons when they just graduated four starters off that OL, which happens a fair well, bit. Yeah, it, it, look, I mean, it, it gets into how I make my power ratings. Quarterback is the most important position. Everybody knows that. Uh, from there, I build from the inside out. Offensive line. And then defensive line, to me, are more important than running back, wide receiver, uh, positions like that. Those the grammar positions aren't really where you get the strong power ratings in college football. That's, college football is still won and lost in the trenches. Agree 1,000%. UNLV is a potential sleeper in early college football opinion. Let's talk about some MLB, and I know that you've been a guy, uh, I want to start here, and just spend a couple of minutes talking about some of the betting strategies that you use uh, before we start getting into the teams and bet-ons and bet-against and all of that, but talk about five-inning lines and how they've changed your MLB approach, because I know you're a guy that really takes advantage of these five-inning numbers, and there's something that feels real good when the game's in the sixth and you've already cashed your ticket. Uh, Talk about the five-inning lines and why you like to use them so much. Well, the most important factor to me in baseball is the starting pitching. And today's starting pitchers, I mean, they get pulled after 80 pitches when they got a perfect game going. Uh, <laughs> you can like it or not like it. Your opinion on that doesn't matter. It is what it is. And bullpens pitch more every year. And I don't think that's going to stop anytime soon. Bullpens are also largely unreliable. Uh, I don't want to get involved with it. So, particularly when it comes to underbetting, I, I will not. I did not bet a full game under all of last season, and I might never bet a full game under ever again. Particularly with the goaltender <laughs> involved, I, I think it's a, quite frank. It's a stupid bet. Uh, if, if, on the other hand, if you're betting overs, you want the full game because now you're going to get these bullpens. And look, the bullpens can have a good game, but by and large, they're volatile. Uh, and uh, as long as the ghost runner situation's around, you definitely want those extra innings if, you, if you're betting over. You got a game that's three-three going to the tenth inning, and you can end up with a twelve up there. So that's one strategy right off the bat, and I, I think it's important for anybody who bets totals. You've got to be, you know, if you have to pay a little uh, premium because it's a five-inning line instead of a nine, so be it. I think they're much more reliable. Uh, particularly for underbetters in baseball. Sure, I'd rather play under four and a half minus one twenty for the first five and win that bet than play under nine uh, for the full game uh, at, uh, at even money and lose that bet. Uh, obviously, anytime you have a you know when you can find ways to coax winners based on betting strategies, you know that's the modern. MLB betting marketplace. Talk about live betting, MLB. Do you do it? And if yes, what are you looking for? If no, why not? Uh, no. Um, uh, it, it really boils down to this. I don't want to become obsessed with gambling. Okay? I, I, to me, live betting, it's great for, for action junkies. And the books love it because their hold is it's ridiculously good on live betting because people aren't very good at it. Um, for me, 
once the bet's made, I'm going to sit back and watch the game. And if I lose, that's the way it goes. I'm not going to try and bail out or anything like that. I'm not a hedger. And if I were live betting, that would pretty much be all I would be doing would be hedging. And that's not my style to begin with. So, uh, no, I, I I think it's a, the younger bettors love it. And maybe they're more technologically savvy than I am. Um, it's just not my style. I don't think it's something I'd be good at. And I don't. And I think the advantage swing to the house on live betting anyway. Yeah. No. So when it comes to live betting, like I love live betting NBA because the NBA is a game of runs, and as soon as right. the, you know the opposing team goes on the twelve nothing run and the coach calls timeout, that's when you bet on the team that uh, just looked bad uh, and back at you, uh, and vice versa. Uh, but uh, when it comes to baseball. Baseball live betting is tough, man. <laughs> it is because you don't see the rallies before they're going to happen. We've got so much more with Dave Coven coming up next. We're going to talk about managers. We're going to talk about watching. We're going to talk about stats. Stay tuned. Coverage continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. In 2021, last year, the SportsGrid television and radio networks reached over 150 million Fans over across. We're talking over the air broadcasts, cable TV, connected smart TV, streaming OTT platforms, mobile devices, and streaming live on the web. You can find us anywhere and everywhere on your TV, on your radio, on your phone. And go to Twitter. Give us a follow at SportsGrid and at SportsGrid TV. Stay on the grid everywhere you go. You can follow me on Twitter at Teddy underscore covers. And you can follow Dave Koken on Twitter, the easiest Twitter handle you can find, at Dave Koken. <laughs> Dave, uh, let's talk managers in MLB, because this is an interesting debate. Do managers matter when it comes to betting? Do you ever make a bet and you don't like a manager, you do like a manager, the manager's going to screw this up, he's not going to screw it up? Do managers matter at all when it comes to betting? Uh, not the betting. Uh, don't matter in the standings. I think a good manager is plus five games. Over the course of a year, and a bad manager's minus five games, but I can't say it. I, I don't see any way to do it on an individual game basis. Sure, sure. So, are there any managers right now that stand out to you? Is that this is this guy's going to cost his teams five games this year? Or this guy's going to get five games that they probably didn't deserve. Anyone stand out when it comes to best or worst managers? Yeah, I think Bob Melvin's a great manager, and he's going to do well for San Diego. Uh, Terry Francona. If he can stay in the dugout, he has health issues occasionally. But he's still a terrific manager. I think Cora's a very good manager with Boston. Um, on the flip side of it, I'm not an Aaron Boone guy. I think he's better in the broadcast booth than he is in the dugout. Um, the guy at Cincinnati, I think, has been over. Bell has been overmatched from day one. I think he got the job because he's part of the Bell family. Um, <laughs> and yeah, Well, uh, seriously. You know, I believe it. I don't think he's he's very good in game, uh, and those would be uh, Dave Martinez at Washington. I know he won the World Series uh, with them a few years back, but I don't think he's a particularly good manager. So uh, I factored that into over and under win betting at the start of the season, um, but that's about it. Uh, other than that, I'll just 
kind of complain about what they do or praise what they do on a game-by-game basis. So, and that makes a ton of sense. That's the kind of thing that you pay more attention to in the offseason. You're working about your futures than for any given day. Um, because when you talk about season win totals, a bad manager will cost you a handful of games. A good manager will probably steal a handful. So well, Melman, good. Yeah. Francona, good. Cora, good. Boone, bad. Bell, bad. Martinez, bad. I'm sorry, Dave. I, yeah, I, I mean, it's a little different in, from one sport. Like they, play, they play so many games in baseball, you can't really get much out of it. College football, I think it matters a whole lot. Um, if it's a, a close matchup on paper and you've got a coach that you really like against a coach you don't like, then the, then the coaching definitely enters into it. Um, it's part, look, I, I, I almost never been on Penn State in a big game because I think James Franklin's a terrible in-game coach. Uh, I think he's a good recruiter and probably runs a great program, but in-game, he's lousy. He always has been. And you've seen it over the years. They've blown games. They should have won. So they, I will factor it in more in college football on a weekly basis. Sure. And, of course, college football, a much smaller sample size where teams right. are playing a dozen games as opposed to 162. So the coaching failures probably stand out a good notch or two more. And, Dave, you're a watcher. You're not a pure stat guy by any stretch of the no. imagination. The betting markets circa 2022 – are not watchers. It's all advanced metrics. What do you learn from your time watching games? And what do advanced metric bettors miss when they don't watch? Um, I don't know if they miss. Well, they, they, maybe they miss getting a feel for what's going on. I'm, I'm still very instinctive as far as my handicapping goes. And with the fact that advanced metrics have become so prevalent, I actually think that's helping people like me because the betting lines are based on the advanced metrics. Yep. So where's your advantage? Um, I think it's more in getting a feel for the game. So I watch, and this is the beauty of having these packages, NHL package or the MLB packages. You can't watch all the games live, but you can watch all the replays. I I can tape every game uh, or an MLB. They do the condensed version of the games once they're over. Uh, and even the blackout restrictions are lifted for that, so you can watch the uh, condensed versions. And that's, I basically get to watch almost every game. And that's where you get a, you just get a feel for teams doing that. Yeah, and I, I'm with you 100% when it comes to the betting, my strategy for betting. All right, the markets are all advanced metrics, right. basically across sports right now. And when you can find something that the stats somewhere where the stats are lying, you know, they're not telling a true picture of what, how good a pitcher is or how good a team is or how good a quarterback is or whatever sport you want to talk about. Um, when you find those stats that lie, boy, you can bet on or against a team repeatedly before the markets catch up. So that's one of the things I love about watching. Um, you find, you know, you do pick up that nuance that yeah, just isn't the there when you're looking that, at stats. If you go back 10 years and you were into advanced metrics, you had a real edge because the odds making was still based on the old school stats, wins and losses in the ERA and stuff like that. And But the bets gradually changed uh, because the odds makers are using the same information that advanced metrics bettors are using. And that's why honestly, I'm sure some do, some do well, but most of the models that are out there, they shouldn't be used for anything more than guides. Um, 
And that's what I use them for. I think they're very effective. As far as that goes, they save you a lot of time. Uh, and you can come up with decent lines, but you mostly see that the, the lines they come up with are pretty much in line with what the actual betting lines are. So unless you're willing to splash on 10 cent advantages, which I'm not, uh, I don't get a great deal of use out of it, uh, out of it at this point. And and you talk about how the markets have changed over the last decade. And I, you know, I've been in Vegas since '98. You've been in Vegas since the early '80s. And I mean, even in my time out here, I've seen the markets morph and morph again and morph again. Oh, yeah. You kind of have to reinvent yourself as a handicapper every few years because the markets do that exact same thing. Yep. Uh, always remember, and remember, they have the information for anybody else. Now that they have agreements in place with the sports leagues. So even uh, if you see some kind of information out there, it's like, well, i got to jump on that. Well, the odds makers already jumped on it. So bear that in mind when you think you're stealing some information. So, Dave, talk about your process for a minute here. You know, how do you decide what is a bet and what's just a lean or an opinion? And you talked about that you watch games far more than your stats, but I know you use stats as at least a part of your handicapping process. Oh, yeah. So let's still, talk about you, that process for a moment. You still can't ignore them. And I won't exactly say what I use because I don't, I'm not giving away that information. Uh, yeah, yeah, you don't have to give away the sausage. Yeah, but there are tendencies that I look for statistically that I'll try and build on, uh, particularly at baseball because it is a momentum sport as far as teams are concerned. You want to. If you can find a team that's uh, running a little bit hot, not a bad idea to uh, uh, get involved. Um, but I've, I've got uh, a bunch of stuff that I look, by, look at from an individual pitching standpoint, from a team offensive standpoint. And that's where the metrics do come in handy. I mean, I do value uh, team OPS as maybe the most important team offensive stat. World is the same thing, basically. Uh, and in pitching... I also value the OPS. I want to see if pitchers are really getting hit hard or whether they're getting lucky um, or unlucky, as the case may be. And you might be able to find some value there in terms of maybe isolating pitchers that, that are getting fortunate or are getting unfortunate because they usually see a regression to the mean as far as that's concerned. And let me ask you one more about I, – I, I guess I want to talk about – Mistakes that betters make because this is—I mean, this really is a wide-reaching show. There are a lot of uh, betters that listen who are experienced betters. There's lots of newbies out there as well. I want to speak to both of them. What are the biggest mistakes recreational betters make, and what are the biggest mistakes you see professional betters make, or the most common? Uh, recreational betters trying to win a whole bunch of money uh, on uh, these ridiculous parlays, which yeah. you know, and every, every book publicizes them when they hit. Because they want people playing these eight, ten-team parlays. They, the house just cleared. Yeah, they have to pay out a big one now and then. They don't care. They make a fortune on them. Uh, look, the, the whole key has always been the same. Start, assign yourself a bankroll. Treat it like a business. That percentage of bankroll and don't vary off it. Uh, you can vary in terms of strength. Uh, maybe 1% uh, to 5% which is the model we use at Wage Talk, quite frankly. And, uh, and that's a good way to do it. Uh, you, you, January 1st of each year, start a new bankroll and stick to it. And just don't, don't vary from it. Treat it like a business. 
what are the biggest mistakes the pros make? Do you see the pros making a lot of big mistakes? Because certainly the the idea, let's risk a little to win a lot, that's fairly common for recreational no. bettors. No. And if you're serious, it's not a long-term you know, winning strategy. The but real the, pros the pros. Like they don't, I'm sorry? The real, pros, the real pros don't make those mistakes. Hmm? I mean, they may make a mistake on a bet. which I mean, I do that too. But real pros don't make mistakes in terms of the process. They just don't. That's why they're pros. And that's why there's very few of them out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. However many professional bettors you think are existing in the world, whatever number you give me, I'm taking the under. Certainly if you're talking no, about you're their only a source of income. When we come back with Dave, I'm going to pepper him with questions. Quick hitters, best lineups, worst lineups, bullpens, over teams, under teams, undervalued squads, etc., etc. Stay tuned. There's so much more coming. Coverage continues right here on SiriusXM Channel 159, the Sports Grid Radio SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. So my cousin moved out to Vegas. He got back from Vietnam and moved out to Vegas. That'd be like 1970 or 1971. And he's the one guy that I know that's been here for 50-plus years. There are people that were born here that have lived their whole lives here. Other than that, Koken, you're about the, I mean, when did you move to Vegas? 81, 82? You've been out here 40-plus years. Um, yeah. You know a lot of guys that have been out. You know anybody that's been out here in Vegas longer than you? Yeah, Jim Feist got here before I did. Yeah. Um, and I, a couple others, but nobody would know who they are. Yeah, yeah, not uh, many. <laughs> yeah. No, there's not, you know, it was a small town. It was like, I don't know, 40,000 or something like that. Uh, sure isn't anymore. City's changed. <laughs> no, I can't. Uh, uh, I can picture Vegas at 40,000, but I still remember when I moved out here in 98. And the outskirts of town weren't built yet, you know. And now the outskirts of towns have, you know, hundreds of thousands of houses uh, all around town. So it's certainly changed. But the point is, we're a couple of Vegas veterans. We've been here a long time. Dave's been here a really long time. And when it comes to being in Vegas this many years, some of the stuff you see early in the season, you know to take with a grain of salt. Some of the stuff you see early in the season, you know, hey, maybe this is something real. So I want to talk to you about your first thoughts on this MLB campaign, Dave, and talk about some of what we've seen and some of what we expect. And let's start, I mean, let's start with the best lineups. I mean, who do you think is going to tear the cover off the ball this year? Who's going to hit, uh, who's going to have those high OPS numbers? Yeah, the Dodgers and the Blue Jays. I mean, the, the Astros, no surprises there. I mean, they're just loaded. And they're just they're going to kill the ball. White Sox are going to kill lefties, not maybe not kill righties. They're uh, they got got some imbalance. That's more by to me. You can find a little bit of an edge is is, is uh, gauging the lineups against the handedness of the opposing starting pitcher. It does. There, there are some telling stats as far as that goes, and they'll hold up most of the season. So split-wise, the White Sox versus lefties means you bet on them against lefties, and they may well be an overvalued commodity when they pace right-handed starters. Don't bet. I'll I'll go the other route because everybody knows they kill they kill lefties. So 
the advice would be don't bet against them when they uh, maybe not bet on them when they're facing a lefty, but don't bet against them when they're facing a lefty. I mean, they even they faced Robbie Ray the other night, Cy Young Award winner, and they reduced him to rubble pretty much. Yep, <laughs> uh, that's what what they do against lefties. And a lot of people are on Ray in that game because the price was very attractive. I mean, you could actually get him as a dog, as a, I think as a dog, or even money. And it's like, you know, better not, might, might not want to do that because of what this team does against lefties. But the flip side of it is, and it might not hold up, but their, their team uh, OPS against righties so far is like, uh, I think the, uh, it's like 59 or something like that. It's terrible. <laughs> so they might be two different lineups. And it might be a team that you want to face. You know, if you're going to bet against the White Sox, Dave's saying look to do it against right-handed opposition. So you talk about Dodgers, Blue Jays, Astros, White Sox. Uh, we're all the usual suspects. Anyone who might have a good lineup that's a little bit under the radar? No, I don't think there is. I mean, there's not. See, that's the thing. There's not much that's under the radar anymore. It really is. I mean. You can get stats on everything now. Everything. So, and again, the odds makers have the same access. Um, so, to me, the under-the-radar stuff is more more an individual player type of thing than a team thing. Uh, well, I mean, I'm just thinking players. like a couple teams have gotten off to hot stars. You know, the the Guardians have been hitting the, tearing the cover off the ball. The A's are tearing yeah, the cover off the ball. That's not going to keep happening. Yeah. No, but they're not under the radar. They're just having a hot streak. It's yep. not a good lineup. That's okay, I mean, the info we're looking for <laughs> right there. Bad lineups. Who's got the worst lineups? Who's going to struggle all year to put up runs in bunches or even put up runs in singles? <laughs> um, well, I, I, I would guess the Diamondbacks. I, think the, I mean, their lineup's just terrible. Um, I'd be hard to find anybody. I don't know if there's anybody worse. Uh, I think Cleveland will struggle to some extent. Offensively, Ramirez is, is is amazing. The rest of the team isn't. Um, and that's really all I can think of off, off the top. Yeah, um, this, I, I want quick hitters. I want your gut reactions. I, you know, I didn't. You know, last thing I'm going to do is fast, spend six hours researching these questions but, but, for me. No, no. The, the thing <laughs> is, again, I mean, I mentioned Arizona, but who doesn't know that? Sure, I mean, if but if, it, if you follow baseball, everybody, everybody, the Diamondbacks suck. Okay, they can't hit. Um, that's not exactly a revelation. Sure, but it doesn't mean that you can't make money betting Arizona team totals under or Arizona games under or betting against the D-backs. Um, you know, this is a team that isn't hitting and isn't primed to hit, and that's worth knowing in April. Uh, even though everyone knows it, it's okay for you to know it, too. Um, now, I know you're a five-inning guy, Dave, but I wanted I brought up bullpens here. Are there any bullpens that stand out to you as being particularly good or particularly bad, or are the bullpens in general just too inconsistent to work with? That's the, the volatility factor with bullpens is insane. Even the good bullpens, uh, I mean, you got to watch. Bullpen usage is still important. If you see a team that's got a good bullpen but their top guys, might be unavailable because they pitched two or three days in a row. Um, if you're looking at nine innings, you better factor that in. So that's easy stuff to find. There's several sites that, that you can uh, – I, I use baseball press, um, and it, it saves a lot of time. Just go through their stuff every morning, and you can see at a glance which bullpens might be tired and which, which are fresh. 
So that might help a little. But even with that, uh, you're taking your life in your hands late in games. <laughs> you said it was called Baseball Press is the name of that site? Uh, yeah. 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 So uh, it's, if Dave's touting it, I'm going to repeat it <laughs> because it may well be something to look about. And of course, when you're looking at, you know, doing your work with the bullpens every night is time consuming. If you can find little shortcuts to help you with that. Uh, Dave's website, Dave, uh, the website, the website, Dave, the stock baseball press, certainly worth a look. So when it comes for me, as the season progresses, I don't do a lot of it in April, but once we get into May, June, July, I really like betting totals, you know, and what I'm looking for, hot lineups and bad bullpens to bet overs, bad lineups and good bullpens to bet unders. Do you have that same thought process and are there any teams that stand out to you as being teams that you're going to be looking to bet over or under? No, I, I, because I'm I'm a pitcher guy, so I'm looking at the pitcher stats. And okay. good pitching, good good pitching beats good hitting, always has and always will. Uh, and uh, I, I mean, what I like best is finding pitchers who are really good or really bad, but it's mostly really good first two times through the batting order. After that, you know, the managers know the analytics. And they get guys out of there third time through the lineup unless they're, you know, studs. And, uh, and there aren't many of those around anymore. You know, Tampa Bay, we're already a week plus into the season. They haven't had a starting pitcher go more than five innings. And that's going to be the trend all year long with Kevin Cash. We know he does that. He's a two-time through-the-order manager. After that, the numbers say get the guys out, and that's what he does. Are there any starters that stand out to you as being a bet on or betting against? I know you had a big bet on McGill for the Mets as an underdog earlier this week, cashed in a shutout win over Philadelphia. Well, uh, or is that yeah. just a price issue? It, it, it lasts for about one start. Because Tyler McGill is not going to be bargain priced anymore. They'll adjust immediately. So, no, I mean, I, I didn't. To me, it's a daily it's a daily thing. I don't I don't get, care about next week. I'm not looking forward. You know, I'm going to do this next week or that. Next. I, I'm looking at it one day at a time in baseball. It's the, and scheduling doesn't matter a whole lot <clears throat> to me. It doesn't. So it's unique in terms of the approach as opposed to hockey or, or basketball or football, where they play on a more frequent ba- or a less frequent basis. Uh, baseball, they're playing every day. You just take it one day at a time. We've got just a few minutes left with Dave Koken here on Cover It with Teddy Cover, Sirius XM Channel 159. And Dave, I guess the last thing I'm going to ask you when it comes to MLB before you promote yourself and uh, go enjoy your evening, um, talk to me about an undervalued squad or an overvalued squad. Right now, this early in the campaign, are there any teams that particularly that you think the betting markets just don't have the appropriate read on at this stage of the season? No. I, 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 again, that's a baseball thing. It's, uh, it's all in the price already. You, you're going to find it in football. Uh, you're gonna, I think you'll find it in college basketball. But in baseball, no. Again, it's, just, it's to what I just said. It's a daily. It's a, every day is a brand-new day. Sure. So last year at this time, you told me that San Fran was going to be better than they were supposed to be. You're like, I like right. this team. I like their quotes. I think they're going to uh, uh, overachieve. And lo and behold, they didn't just overachieve. They 
made everyone a fortune who backed San Francisco uh, for uh, extended stretches uh, last season. Are there any teams like that that you see, yeah, this squad, the markets just aren't there with them yet? Um, or is that just not the case in 2022? I didn't really see much. I think Oakland's going to be terrible. And they've gotten off to a better start. I think they're 4-3 or something like that. So they've gotten off to a little better start. But I think they're going to be a really bad team. Uh, the Nationals are terrible. They're going to be the last place team in that division. Um, and on the good side, I like the Tigers. I mean, uh, we'll see on their pitching. Uh, and I like the Twins somewhat for the same reason. We'll see on their pitching. But if uh, if they can get pitching, I think those two teams could, could uh, win more games than people think they're going to win. Tigers and the Twins as two teams to keep your eye on as potential bet-ons in MLB action, according to Dave Koch. And Dave, look, man, I appreciate you coming in uh, under the weather, taking one for the team. I know it was not uh, an easy show for you, given your, uh, and again, it's been crazy windy out here, so anyone with any kind of uh, allergy conditions or uh, nasal conditions has had all kinds of issues. So thank you for taking the time today to join me on Cover It with Teddy Covers. Why don't you promote yourself? Talk about where people can find you. Uh, uh, my ex- exclusive website now is wagertalk.com. And aside from that, you can find me on Twitter, at Dave Koken, and uh, that's about it. That's enough. That's all we need, at Dave Koken on Twitter. And, of course, find him at wagertalk.com. Dave, we've got a minute before the break, a full minute to kill here, and I have no questions to ask you. What do you want to talk about? Well, dead uh, silence. I, I think sex, <laughs> but at my age, that would be kind of pointless. So uh, I, I've reached the age now where uh, um, younger people want, might want to put a, a mirror in over their bed for excitement. I, I'd rather put a mirror in over my kitchen table. It's more exciting to watch myself eat. <laughs> and you're a noted foodie uh, here in town. That's yeah, one yeah. thing that is absolutely 100% different about Vegas now compared to 40 oh, years boy. ago or even 20 years ago, you know, is that the restaurants out here, ridiculous. I think there's more fine dining on the Las Vegas Strip than you'll find just about anywhere in yeah. the world. Uh, that, that, Something to think about. Immensely over the years, doing Yeah. Something to think about if you're coming out here for the NFL draft. Great stuff with Dave Coker. Appreciate your time, my friend. When we come back, yeah, I got an NBA opinion for you. Stay tuned. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Stretch of cover it with Teddy Covers, Sirius XM Channel 159. Listen, if you missed any portion of today's program, if you want to rehear it, if you want to hear what Dave Coken said at the beginning, if you want to make fun of me for something I said at the beginning, every show we do is archived. All right? You can go to any podcast outlet, not even just major podcast outlet, basically any podcast outlet. Just search Cover It with Teddy Covers, search Sports Grid. You'll find good content. We have every show that I've ever done archived over at simplecast.net or simplecast.com. 
Uh, so you can get any show that I've ever done and make fun of me for every bad prediction that I've ever had. Uh, and of course, you can listen to this and consume it at your convenience. You just download the podcast version available everywhere. Cover it with Teddy Covers. I'm going to give you a bettable opinion uh, for the NBA postseason. Of course, we're talking a Sunday show. Got to talk a Sunday game. That's the Bulls and the Bucks. I don't want to bet the game. I don't want to bet the point spread. I want to bet the series. Milwaukee is beating Chicago, and they're beating Chicago easily. I think it's very reasonable to expect the Bulls to win a game in this series. I think DeMar DeRozan gets them one. More than that, it's going to be hard to do. So I'm looking at the Bucks in five. I'm looking at the Bucks minus two and a half games against the Bulls. There's a couple of different ways you can go at it. And frankly, I wouldn't argue if you want to lay the points from Milwaukee in the opener tonight. Uh, you know, minus 10. Reasonable. Now, I do worry about the Bulls keeping it close. And I do worry about either Levine or DeRozan going off and giving Chicago a game or so. But, yeah, this the Bulls can steal one. Maybe they can hang around and cover a couple of point spreads. But realistically... Chicago winning two games in this series or three against the defending NBA champs. I'm not buying it. Bucks in five. Here's your prediction for that series. That's going to wrap it up for today's show. I want to thank Dave Coken for joining me. I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy day to hang out here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. We'll do it again next week. Enjoy the games and good luck.